Hey everyone, welcome back to our award-winning podcast. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen, ready to guide you through another intriguing topic today. That's right, Jen. We're venturing into the world of AI and machine learning, discussing the paper parameter-efficient orthogonal fine-tuning via butterfly factorization. Now, at first glance, that might sound like a mouthful, but don't worry, we're going to unpack all of this in a way that's easy to understand. Exactly, Jen. Let's start with the big picture. AI models, especially the large ones used for tasks like natural language processing or computer vision, can be really heavy on parameters. We're talking billions. And training these giants costs a pretty penny, not just money, but also compute resources, which has an environmental impact. So there's a growing need for what's known as fine tuning. Imagine you have a model that's already trained to understand English. You want it to understand medical terms without training it all over again from scratch. This is where the paper we're discussing comes in. It introduces a method named orthogonal fine tuning, or OFT for short, which is a way of tweaking these pre-trained models for a new task while keeping the original knowledge intact. But here's the kicker. Jen, OFT still required a lot of parameters because it relied on these things called orthogonal matrices, which by their nature are large and high dimensional. Enter butterfly factorization. The researchers looked at how to make information flow more efficient in their models, drawing inspiration from a truly unexpected place, the Cooley-Tukey fast Fourier transform algorithm. And this is cool because this algorithm has a structure that allows it to handle information in a very efficient and compact way. It uses what's called a butterfly graph, representing connections with fewer lines and by extension, fewer parameters. That means we can have a d-dimensional dense matrix, which normally needs OD two-quared parameters to be represented with a product of butterfly-structured matrices, reducing the parameters significantly to just OD a log D. That's huge, Jen. You're reducing the number of parameters by orders of magnitude without losing the expressiveness of the model. The paper then goes on to validate their new method, which they call orthogonal butterfly, or BFT, on various downstream tasks like adapting large vision transformers and language models. And they don't just theorize, Jen. They put BOF to the test and find that it not only works, but exceeds existing methods for parameter efficiency and adaptation to new tasks. In essence, they are achieving the best of both worlds, preserving the ability of the pre-trained models while greatly reducing the cost and resources needed to adapt them to new tasks. It's like giving these AI models a butterfly transformation, making them lighter, more agile, and ready to tackle new challenges efficiently. And that, listeners, is how parameter-efficient orthogonal fine-tuning via butterfly factorization is shaking things up in the AI world. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode, where we'll dive into another fascinating topic from the world of tech and science. Are you tired of your fiddle practice going up in smoke? Well, then it's time to embrace the heat with Dragon Fiddle Inferno Strings, Inc. Picture it. You're on stage, the crowd is silent, and with the first stroke of your bow, whoosh, your Blaze Bower violin erupts into a symphony of flames. That's right, Jen. With our patented flame chord technology, you're not just playing music, you're creating a volcanic violin spectacle. Perfect for dazzling audiences or just roasting some marshmallows during a particularly fiery arpeggio. 
And let's not forget about our smoky serenade lessons. Whether you've got fingers of silk or hands like brisket, we'll turn you into a master of the inferno in no time. Need a hot hit for your next social gathering? Hire a dragon fiddler and put on a bonfire ballad that your guests will never forget, assuming the heat doesn't melt their memories. Plus, each dragon fiddle comes with a side of safety. Our no-burn, just-learn training is hotter than a dragon with a jalapeno addiction. And did we mention the Searing Symphony? Battle it out with fellow pyro musicians to win a lifetime supply of Inferno Rosin and the title of the Dragon's Maestro. So, if you want to inflame your rhythm and ignite your melody, visit Dragon Fiddle Inferno Strings Inc. today and set the stage on fire. Metaphorically, of course. And now, back to our podcast, where the only thing hotter than our Dragon Fiddles is our latest episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of our podcast where we break down complex topics and make them easy to digest. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we're diving into a paper that explores argumentation element annotation modeling using ExcelNet. It sounds pretty technical, but we promise to make it understandable. Absolutely, Jen. To start off, the paper showcases how ExcelNet, a language model based on transformers, can be used to annotate persuasive essays, identifying elements of an argument within the text. Right, Tom? So imagine a persuasive essay where you're trying to convince someone of your viewpoint. In such essays, you have main claims, supporting evidence, and all sorts of other components that help build a strong argument. Now, traditionally, understanding these components and their structure within an essay required a human reader. But with ExcelNet, we can train models to do this automatically. This is crucial in educational settings, as it can provide students with feedback on their essays. ExcelNet is different from other language models like BERT or GPT because it's designed to handle longer pieces of text by remembering information from earlier parts of the text, which is really important when you're dealing with full-length essays. Exactly. And the study we're discussing fine-tuned ExcelNet models on three different data sets that were annotated with various ways of identifying argumentative structures. They even created their proprietary dataset for this study. That's right, these datasets, Tom, were labeled based on how they divided and understood the essays. Some focused on hierarchical relationships, while others on organizational components within the essays. And what's fascinating, Jen, is that the models performed impressively across all datasets, suggesting ExcelNet can adapt to different annotation schemes a real win for automated feedback on essay writing. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, Tom. Let's dive a little deeper into what these annotation schemes are all about. They're essentially a way of tagging parts of an essay, like what is the main idea, the evidence, or a counterargument. Right. And these annotations can vary. For example, arrow scheme created for this study had tags like introduction or evidence, and teachers could use this scheme to assess how well students were writing argumentative essays. There was also the Persuade Corpus, a publicly available set of essays with annotations that related to argumentative writing, like the position taken, evidence presented, and so on. And don't forget the Argument Annotated Essays dataset, or AAE, which had a different approach. Essays were annotated with major claims, claims, and premises to identify the argument structure. Now the cool part is, after the ExcelNet models were trained on these datasets, they could predict or annotate new essays with similar accuracy to humans. 
This means such models could potentially help automate feedback on essay organization. To wrap it up, Jen, what we're seeing here is cutting-edge AI, specifically the ExcelNet model, being applied to the world of education to help students become better writers. It's AI meets English class, and the results are looking promising. And we've just scratched the surface, Tom. There's a whole lot more to ExcelNet and argument annotation that we can dig into in future episodes. But for now, that's all the time we have. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Don't forget to subscribe for more Topics Made Simple right here on our podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. We'll catch you next time. Keep learning and stay curious. Hey, Jen. You ever worry about halitosis after the apocalypse? Oh, all the time, Tom, but not since I discovered Zombie Molar Magic Toothbrushes, Inc. Right? Their Necrobrush 3000 is a game changer. My entire undead book club is using them. Enchanted with the dark arts to keep your zombie pal's teeth gleaming like the moon on a grave-digging night. And don't forget about that minty curse. My ghoul friends love that my breath is fresher than a freshly turned grave. Whether you're an age-old lich or just a weekend necromancer, Necrobrush got you covered. Say goodbye to the days when kissing a zombie meant risking your life due to the smell alone. Remember, with Necrobrush 3000, you don't have to have a pulse to have a dazzling smile. Zombie Molar Magic Toothbrushes, Inc., because it's never too late for a great first impression, even if it's your second time around. Brush like there's no tomorrow, because for your users, there probably isn't. Order now and tell them Tom and Jen sent you. Get a free Eternal Mint of the Damned toothpaste sample with every order. Time to turn that zombie frown upside down with Necrobrush. Welcome to another episode of our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we're venturing into the world of autonomous driving, but not just any driving, off-road autonomy. That's right. We're tackling the research paper titled Evora, Deep Evidential Traversability Learning for Risk-Aware Off-Road Autonomy. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Let's start by unpacking some complex terms. First up, traversability, which is a fancy way of saying whether a vehicle can get across a certain type of terrain or not. Yes, and by traversability learning, we are essentially talking about teaching a robot to understand different terrains, like sand, mud, or gravel, and knowing how well it can drive over them. The evidential part refers to the evidence that the autonomous system gathers from its surroundings, things like images, textures, or any sensory data to learn from the real world. And finally, risk-aware autonomy. This simply means that the off-road robot considers the potential risks, such as getting stuck or slipping, while deciding where to drive. Getting into the meat of the paper, Tom, it addresses the problem of navigating off-road terrain. In easy words, how does a robot decide on the best path when there's no road and every choice looks risky? Right. Off-road navigation is tricky, not just for humans, but especially for robots. The researchers have developed a system that can predict traction or how much grip the robot's wheels will have on various surfaces. This traction model they've developed is based on real-world data. Now, imagine a robot driving across a patch of mud and then a patch of dry dirt. Both look similar, but the traction, or the grip, is different. The traction model contains two types of uncertainties. One is aleatoric uncertainty, which is the natural variability in the world, 
like suddenly hitting a muddy patch that looks like solid ground. And the other one is epistemic uncertainty, which happens when the robot encounters something completely new, something it hasn't learned from the data it was trained on. Using a technique called evidential deep learning, the robot doesn't just guess the traction, but actually assesses how confident it is about this guess, which is pretty cool, Jen. Super cool, Tom. The robot's brain considers the traction values in terms of probabilities. It's almost like the robot is betting on the outcome, but with this system, it can now bet smarter. Are you ready to revolutionize your woodcutting experience with a tool that's straight out of the other world? Introducing Spectre Saws Inc., where phantom power meets timber terror. Say goodbye to loud, cumbersome chainsaws and hello to the spectral revolution. Our ghost-powered chainsaws will have you cutting through oak like it's butter, all while keeping the peace with the spirits and your neighbors. Imagine slicing through logs with eerie silence. Your friends will think it's magic, but we call it ghoul tech. Need to store it? Forget it. When you put our chainsaw down, it simply vanishes into thin air. No more cluttered garages or storage sheds haunted by unused tools. Carve pumpkins with the kind of finesse that only a phantom blade can offer. Halloween will never be the same. And let's not forget, nighttime is the right time for some discreet deforestation. Who said a lumberjack can't be a night owl? Haunt your neighborhood with the neatest yard on the block, because with specter saws, every trim and prune will be a scream. So don't just settle for any chainsaw. Get one that boosts your cutting game into the afterlife. Check out Spectre Saws, Inc. and branch out into the ghostly unknown. Head to spectrestersaws.com and tell them Tom and Jen sent you for a free ectoplasmic oil upgrade. Now that's a steal that will give you chills. Spectre Saws, Inc. Cut through the mundane with the power of the phantom. Welcome back to our award-winning podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen, ready to dive into today's intriguing topic, the data contamination quiz and its role in detecting and estimating contamination in large language models, or LLMs for short. Before we get into the nitty gritty, let's break down what we mean by data contamination. Data contamination occurs when a model, say a speech generator like GPT-3 or GPT-4, inadvertently learns from the test data it's supposed to be evaluated against, quite the faux pas in machine learning. That's right, Tom. It'd be like knowing the questions to a test beforehand because you helped write it. Not exactly fair, is it? Not at all. But how can you tell if an LLM, which has gobbled up vast amounts of internet text to learn, has accidentally munched on the same data it's tested on? This is where the data contamination quiz comes into play, as proposed by Shahriar Golchin and Mihai Serdianu from the University of Arizona. They crafted a clever way to check if LLMs are regurgitating memorized bits of test data. The premise is genius. They frame it as a multiple choice question where one option is the original text and the others are slight perturbations. Think of it like four cups where one has a marble underneath it. And the only reason you would know is if you've seen where the marble was hidden before the game starts. So if the LLM consistently picks the original text out of the lineup, it's a sign it has seen, or rather been trained on, that very same data before. And they don't make it easy either. They use GPT-4 itself to come up with the tricky alternatives, like using a master thief to test the security of your vault. Exactly, Jen. The clever part? 
They also measure how much better the LLM is at choosing the right answer compared to you or me randomly guessing. This is where statistics come in, specifically something called Cohen's Kappa. It's a way to measure the agreement between two raters who each classify items into mutually exclusive categories. In this scenario, it's the difference between the LLM's choices and what would be expected by pure chance. If the LLM scores highly here, it suggests contamination. Now, why is this a big deal? Well, these LLMs are becoming more pervasive in our daily lives, and ensuring they're trained ethically and evaluated fairly is crucial. The data contamination quiz provides a window into just how tainted the model might be with the data it should be neutrally assessing. And the best part is, this quiz isn't just a one-and-done deal, it's reusable. You can use it to test any LLM to check for data contamination. So, the next time you chat with your friendly neighborhood AI, there's been a little more due diligence thanks to tools like these. That wraps up our deep dive into data contamination and the clever detective work being done to uncover it. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Stay curious and keep questioning. Goodbye for now. Have you ever been stuck in a conversation that just won't end? Or had to deal with in-laws who pop up unannounced and stay for what feels like centuries? Well, we've got just the solution for you. Introducing Quantum Snips Co. With their cutting-edge, pun intended, D-Snip 3000, you'll be slipping into alternate realities faster than you can say quantum mechanics. Oops. Just opened a portal to a universe where I didn't spill, co spill coffee on my shirt this morning. And guess what, folks? It's so easy to use, whether you're dodging those pesky parking tickets or just looking for a universe with less traffic, Quantum Snips has your back, or your reality. Cutting through the fabric of reality, one snip at a time. But remember, Quantum Snips Co. is not liable for you meeting your doppelganger or accidentally erasing Beethoven from history. Get your very own D-Snip 3000 and make the multiverse your personal escape room. Disclaimer might cause existential dread or the sudden realization that you're the alternate you. Use only with a daring smile and an up-to-date multiverse map. Quantum Snips Co., because why be here when you could be literally anywhere else? Side effects may include interdimensional jet lag. Always snip, snip responsibly, folks. Welcome to another episode of our tech podcast. Today we're diving into a fascinating paper titled Chinakya, learning runtime decisions for adaptive real-time perception. That's right, Tom. We're exploring how the Chinakya framework can make intelligent runtime decisions for perception systems. These systems are crucial in applications like autonomous driving, where they have to quickly interpret sensory data and react to their environment. Let's set the scene. Real-time perception systems need to process a lot of data really fast. They work on resource-constrained platforms, which could range from powerful server GPUs to resource-limited edge devices. Exactly, Tom. And these systems face two big challenges, accuracy and latency. Simply put, how correct are their interpretations and how quickly can they make them? There are runtime decisions like adjusting input resolution that can affect these outcomes. Right, Jen. And earlier frameworks often used a set of predefined rules to make these decisions. Picture trying to fit everyone with a one-size-fits-all t-shirt. Not very optimal, is it? That's where Chinakya steps in. It's a framework that learns to make these decisions, 
balancing accuracy and latency specifically tailored to the given hardware and the content it's analyzing. And how does Chanakya do that? It uses what's called a learned approximate execution framework. This employs a unique reward function to balance accuracy and latency, all without compromising the quality of either. It's like having a smart assistant that can predict the best action by considering both internal factors, such as the scene's complexity, and external factors, like other applications hogging the system's resources. The great thing about Chanakya is that it's versatile. It's designed to work with low overhead, meaning it won't bog down the system, and it's shown to outperform other state-of-the-art methods on public datasets for both server GPUs and edge devices. To train Chanakya, developers provide it with models, a decision space, and a dataset. Chanakya then learns the decision functions that best handle trade-offs between accuracy and latency while making these runtime decisions. As we wrap it up, think of Chanakya as this policy guru for real-time perception systems. It's a leap forward for systems that need to act fast and smart, like assisting a driver or even guiding search and rescue drones. And if you're excited about this as we are, guess what? You can check out their source code, which is available on GitHub. It's a brilliant opportunity for researchers and developers to explore how adaptive real-time perception can be applied to their own projects. That's our deep dive into the Chanakya framework. We've seen how it's teaching real-time perception systems to adapt and make smart decisions on the fly. Stay tuned for more episodes where we demystify complex tech topics into bite-sized knowledge nuggets. Until next time, happy innovating. Want your mornings to rise like the Milky Way? And your lunch to orbit around a taste sensation? Then buckle up, space cadets, for an announcement that will launch your appetites into a new dimension. Introducing Starship Baguette Inc., the first intergalactic bakery, zooming a symphony of scrumptious right to your airlock. Forget waiting for your dough to rise when you've got bread at warp speed. Crafted by robotic baking maestros with centuries of French savoir-faire in their circuits, each baguette is a masterpiece of crumb and crust. And talk about atmosphere. With a whiff of warm, fresh-baked bread comets trailing behind, your neighbors will be floating over with noses leading the way. Plus, Starship Baguette isn't just hurling carbs across the cosmos. They're slicing up competition with the annual baguette battles. Watch extraterrestrial chefs fling flavors faster than light to claim the galactic crown. So if you're on Earth, Mars, or hovering near a black hole and fancy a baton of the finest flour, dial up Starship Baguette Inc. and get ready to say, oh, crumb, that's good. Because nothing says bon appetit like a baguette at light speed. Together, Starship Baguette Inc. bread so good, it's out of this world.